Hi, everyone. This is Natalie Pace. And again, thank you for joining me today. I'm going to be interviewing Nick Finding. Today is September 1st, 2022. And Nick is the chairman of JV Energan, which was the first biomethane gas to grid UK um, uh, anaerobic digestion plant in the United Kingdom. We're going to be asking all kinds of questions, but you know, how and why did they come to be the first? How difficult was that? And um, even how they have increased their reach. Lots to unpack with Nick, and he is a wealth of wisdom. We're blessed to have him. We'll get started momentarily. Hi, Nick. It's, I, I must say, I'm just delighted to get your wisdom today on um, you know, how others can clean the grid and have local partnerships, all of the wonderful things that you've done. But I do have, I want to I start with being the first. Like, what is that process like? And what gave you the confidence that this was the way to go with anaerobic digestion? Um. Well, being the first, uh, I guess, was uh, okay on the basis that we would—I wasn't alone. We were we were doing it with a, as a as a joint venture uh, with my farming partners and um, uh, and the Dutch of Cornwall, uh, most importantly. Uh, and um, uh, realistically, uh, you know, well, in the, in the first place, we went to do electric only, uh, and mm -hmm. that many people had done that before us. Um, and so it was only about 10 days before we, um, we were about to pay for the electric generation machines uh, that uh, somebody came along with the idea, you know, why don't you just clean the gas and put it straight into the gas grid? And that's the point at which it became, it became more nerve wracking. Uh, <laughs> and um, a problem with that is when you, when you start doing something, when you pioneer something like that, um, most of the problems you get are uh, problems that not only you haven't uh, seen before, but the people who make the technology haven't because the technology had never been used in the world before. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Now, okay, so you talk about the farmers and the Ducci coming together. And I think that's what's interesting here too, is that when we talk about cleaning the grid or we talk about clean energy, a lot of times we're not talking about how far we have to truck the feedstock or truck whatever uh, you know mm. energy source we're bringing it in. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I mean, that's part of the magic too, I believe in your project. Well, certainly uh, the relationship with, with farmers is, is extremely important. Um, not only to um, ensure we have uh, enough and uh, a good quality feedstock, but the uh, the process means that 85% of what goes in comes back out again. Uh, and so uh, that we have to make sure we can uh, make good use of uh, on farms around us as a fertilizer and soil conditioner. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, that's the first focus. Um, and gosh, we've got the last part of the question, sorry. <laughs> the, final, the last part of the question you asked well i was talking about the local how the feedstock is so local and how yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. so um you know we average about seven miles uh, for all our um uh, uh feedstock out and uh, feedstock in rather than digestate out um, uh -huh. and when you look at i mean so we did actually look at um uh, uh making pellets out of uh, wood fiber um pellets out of straw and rake mill and things like that first 
but you know when you look at the audit trail of, of a boat that comes from uh, America or Alaska or somewhere or, right. or lorries that come from Scotland or um, and things like that it, it, it makes it more, more difficult to be um, uh, to, to um, uh, make people believe you're sustainable yeah because your carbon footprint has to include all that transportation right and that's such a huge piece of the equation um so well, I, mean, a, I mean there's a as an example um before we chose maize uh, uh, which we grow for feedstock to be our um uh, main feedstock we used to right. grow as a, as a break crop in, in an arable rotation uh we used to grow uh Aussie rape and that used to go from us to Eris on the east of uh, England to Germany uh, to be crushed for biodiesel, um, uh -huh. which is about 40% as efficient as um, uh, putting maize through a digester to create energy and, um, uh, and never mind the audit trail, you know, from here to Germany. So um, it, it's yeah. mad. Hmm. Yeah, so this is great because I, I, but I also see how, you know, making this choice and then moving forward and you keep course correcting here. Right. Like I, you were even talking to me about how you guys have expanded your reach, increased your megawatts, all of that mm. sort of things. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah. So um, we we always wanted to make sure we um, got the most out of, out of the technology we had. Uh, and being first at, at that job, um, it took a while to you know get used to the 134 alarms and the and all the other things that um, the, it threw at us. Um, and then we started to believe, you know, sustainability is key to this. And, and what we wanted to do was make sure we could make good use of all the byproducts. So uh, one of the first things we did, uh, other than using digestate to displace fertilizer, uh, sorry, to digestate uh, to um, displace artificial fertilizer, imported fertilizer. Um, so, you know, that all goes on to the, uh, the, the next crops that we grow. Right. Um, we uh, decided that we... We try and sell the dry digest that we produce uh, as a soil enricher for gardeners, and um, uh, we weren't entirely sure how that would work because you're, you're competing in, a, in quite a, a tough market. Um, but anyway, we created a brand and we, we uh, invested in a bagging plant, and we're now in over 400 um, uh, garden centres uh, across the UK, uh, all the way up through to Scotland, um, selling a product called Blooming Amazing, and. Um, uh, you know, we've had such fun doing it. Um, it we found it a, a hugely popular product. Um, and um, so, you know, that, that goes from strength to strength. And COVID obviously uh, made that a massive boost. It gave that a massive boost because um, everybody went in their gardens. Um, and then uh, about two years ago, we, uh, part of the process of uh, cleaning the gas, um, so we, we digest the, the feedstock and half the gas is uh, meat, so half the biogas is methane, about half, and the other half is CO2. Uh, and so we used to clean that, and um, sadly um, it, we had to vent it, but there's no more CO2 than would normally be produced. Um, and um, we decided we would um, uh, capture that uh, and see if we could find a market for it. Um, and so we um, set up a, a company called Biocarbonics, and um, uh, we we captured the uh, CO2, but uh, don't forget this is um, uh, reuse, uh, reusing as opposed to um, uh, recycling. Because as soon as somebody's taken, because we sell it to the food and drink industry, to the to um, uh, brewers and cider makers, uh, and as soon as they take the top of the bottle, the, the CO2 is gone again. So, uh, but it's a great story. It's, it's reusing it um, or up up, up um, lifting. No, but anyway, it is reusing it and. Um, 
uh, it's a great business. And of course now um, with um, all the ammonia plants who normally provide most of the CO2 in, uh, in the UK, uh, struggling because uh, of the cost of gas. Um, and they produce the majority of the CO2. So they're, they're either closing down or, or um, putting off um, uh, producing uh, ammonia. Uh, and as a result, you know, we've had a massive uh, influx of interest and um, orders we can't compete with. Wow, that's mm. a, a great success story. And let's talk about also um, like how many homes you actually are able to power. And again, this is uh, people are using your gas for cooking and for heating. Am I correct on that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, so it's, for, heat, it's for heat yeah. rather than uh, power. Um, and yeah. essentially, we when we started, we were producing enough for about four thousand four hundred and thirty. No, sorry, um, about four thousand five hundred houses mm -hmm. um, uh, in winter and, and fifty six thousand houses in summer. And now with the upgrades and everything else we've invested in. Uh, we're producing enough for seven and a half thousand uh, houses in winter and 100, over a hundred thousand houses in in summer. So Panbury is about two thousand houses. Dorchester is twenty thousand houses. So um, we certainly look after those uh, all the way up through to April probably, and then it goes miles all the way up to sort of Lyme Regis and beyond and and Benetton that way. Yeah. Hmm. Fantastic. So are there any future plans that you're on the path for with this JV Energan and your now three products that you've got? Hmm. Um, well, we, we probably reached the maximum amount of gas output um, that we, um, uh, we can produce on the tank sizes that we have. And it's quite a small site, so it, it's, um, it's more difficult to expand. And we're in an area of outstanding natural beauty, so it, it um, uh, that was difficult enough to get planning in the first place. Um, yeah. But we are looking at things like heat usage and um, you know anything from battery storage to to whatever. Um, uh, but um, uh, one of the things we have tried is is um, to uh, um, find a, a product that will a plastic product that will uh, biodegrade properly. Uh, to use on our bagging plant because at the moment um, um, His Royal Highness and the Order Dutch of Cornwall are very keen for that to, to happen um, as they are with everything else we do um, and um, uh, we have tried uh, but it's not working at the moment we um, a lot of other people tried before us and, and um, uh, we're still we're still uh, trying to find the product will work. Yeah, so burlap gunny sacks don't work for your blooming amazing, eh? Mm, well, exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so is there anything else that you want to tell us about, you know, uh, clean energy, methane to uh, grid, uh, anaerobic digestion, anything at all about what you're doing? Uh, no, I think we're, we're, we just... Uh... We're, we're following trends where obviously gas is, is it, I mean, we're producing green gas and it's, uh, it's in great um, need at the moment. Um, and we're able to keep the thing going uh, to help that. Um, the CO2, I think if we can, the problem with CO2 production is, is at the moment, they only accept um, uh, CO2 from uh, crop feedstocks um, because of the perception that if the, um, to get, if, 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 if we were to use uh, um, food waste uh, AD plants to try and get the CO2 from, uh, there's, a, there's a marketing perception that, um, uh, you know, uh, bubbles from muck uh, isn't going to sell very well. So um, right. 
the reality is that that, that um, uh, see the specification of CO2 is, is the same as it would be from us. Uh, and so we're hoping that this sort of hiccup at the moment with supply will allow more people uh, who are buying CO2 to realize that it can come from anywhere. And if that happens, then biocarbonates can expand more quickly uh, and uh, serve more people and hopefully help uh, resolve the, the UK uh, issue of supply. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, that reminds me because I remember when you first opened up, I believe in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. That's it, yeah, October and you, yeah, and there were some clever little things about people eating chocolate and saying, oh, yes, we're going to put all of our mm. food waste. But that was one of the discoveries you had, right? Let's talk about the transition from normal food waste from households into mm. what you're now doing from the farmers and the feedstocks. Yes. Um, well, we, we started off, um, I mean, the business plan model was, was set around. Um, because uh, I'm a farmer, a, a second generation Dr. Cornwall ten, uh, farming tenant, and um, uh, my partners uh, are all uh, historic farmers, and so growing crops uh, uh, as break crops was it was the obvious thing to do. Um, but um, certainly the Dr. Cornwall and his Royal Highness are, are, are all very keen uh, to use waste if we can. The issue mm -hmm. is been we tried it for about two years. Um, the issue was that. Um, uh not only was a large amount of plastic contamination because you know the plastic never gets they don't get rid of it it, it just gets mashed into tiny small two millimeter amounts so the more you yeah. use the more you see it uh, and it's going out into the land anyway um so there was that um there was the the fact that you you could never uh, you never knew what went into the food waste so it could be you know a, a reject load of um, fruit or it could be a reject load of burgers uh, anything could have happened. So the, the variability of the gas output was was um, was very poor, and then the uh, distribution, the logistics of getting lorries in, was never to be relied on. So so mm. all in all, um, we went back to the more simple way of of producing gas twenty four seven, and um, uh, you know we're we're one hundred percent green gas going into the grid twenty four seven. Yeah, and it's it's. It's interesting because, you know, we talk about your future plans and all this, but it is probably a nonstop job. I and mean, we all know that farmers work extremely hard. So I want to um, talk, uh, kind of pull us away from clean energy for just a moment. For those people out there that are starting new projects, I mean, basically, I was looking at your bio, and although you have decades deep in farming, um, you know, JV Intergan looked to be your first foray into energy. So can you talk about that a little bit about the professional route uh, and the courage you took to, to jump into that role? You may have a, a, a longer, you may need a bit longer for that one. Um, I, I've been very lucky to be able to surround myself uh, with people who I can give responsibility to. So uh, I've never, been, um, never found it difficult to delegate it. And a lot of people might find that the first problem um, is that, um, you know, if you're going to pursue a new venture, uh, you've got to give it 100% uh, at the time. And you, whatever your core business is, if you're not careful, you're, you're going to lose sight of it. Unless the people that you leave in charge of it, uh, you, you, you know, can be responsible for it. Yeah. Um, so I was very lucky there. Very lucky to have the partners I've had who are, are focused on um, uh, the same uh, goal and sustainability and um, uh and 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 can do people i mean a, a lot of the people we we were working with at the time you know maybe network people or whomever um they they were almost intent on slowing us down um mm. and so we were all can do um 
people and had a great sort of joint venture mentality. And in the end, uh, a lot of the people that we found difficult to start with, um, we turned around uh, and they they believed in it as, as much as we did. And by the time we actually injected into the grid, you know, everybody was up all night um, and making sure it would, would work. So, mm. you know, nothing comes easy. You, you have to, because even after that, you know, you've then got two years of, if you're pioneering something, you've got at least two years of, of learning how the hell it's, it's going to work. Um, right. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's not for the faint-hearted, put it that way. Mm. Yes, lots of hard work. Mm. Good. All right, well, I'll give you the last word. And again, I can't thank you enough because I think that uh, your success story there involves so many uh, things, courage, tenacity, uh, wisdom, probably a lot of data driven before you even came to the solution of anaerobic digestion. And um, it's something that other communities even, right? Because this is this was a community yeah, yeah, driven yeah. project. No, no, in fact, we, um, we were approached by a, a community project in Bruton, I think, that wanted to mm -hmm. you know, uh, bring in the, the restaurant food, the school food, uh, and everything else as part of their project. I mean, the interestingly, the, the issue to some extent is, you know, when we're talking about AD plants now that are expected uh, to have waste as part of their feedstock, uh, mm -hmm. to um, get the grants they need to do to, to, to get this job to work. Um, you know, a lot of people um, are uh, reviewing their waste uh, and reducing their waste dramatically, which is a good thing. Right. Um, but, you know, it's where, then whether there's enough waste to actually be included um, in any project. So, um, yeah, we're lucky yeah. We're, not, we're out of that one, but um, yeah, for now. For now, and you'll share that wisdom with others. So again, thank you so much, Nick. I really appreciate your well, thank time. You. Thank and... you, Natalie, for, for uh, allowing me to, well, I mean, uh, A, in the first place, um, uh, allowing me to uh, uh, meet you. And um, it's always been a great experience. And and uh, to be part of your book, uh, um, 8 million, um, remind me, 8 million, what is it? Eight billion, the Power of 8 Billion. Eight billion. It's so up the Power to of us. 8 Billion. Sorry, I should have had that <laughs> off that. Uh, and to be part of that book uh, as well uh, was was fantastic. You know, to, you know when you when you put us against uh, what goes on in in other parts of the world, it's uh, we seem quite small and insignificant. But um, uh, thank you for that. Hmm. Oh, I, it's my it's my pleasure. I mean, I you know I uh, I don't want to toot you know the book's horn, but you know it was twenty years of research, and it's all just featuring people like you. I mean, I'm as proud of putting you in. Uh, or putting in even Compton Community Garden. It's a food desert, gang-ridden area in South Central. Oh, it's and, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what communities and people can mm. do when they come together. And that's I, that's mm. what I love. That's the, Those are the mm. stories I love the most. Well, thank you again. That's very kind. Anyway. Thank you. Okay, au revoir. Say bye for now. Okay. Yeah. Are we off? Or, or... Um, I'm going to hang on one second.